Tantatero, can you may maybe please tell me what you had for breakfast this morning? Um, really? Yeah, to check, the, they, le to check the levels. Okay, I see. Well, I had a bowl of yogurt with um, muesli and a half a banana. Wow, cool. I How had a, you? I had an almond croissant. Very wow, luxurious okay. from the bakery <laughs> around the corner. Don't have to brag about it. <laughs> it was delicious. Hi, I'm Lieke, and this is my co-host Jeroen. Hello. Hi, Jeroen. Hey. This is Minor Revision, a podcast about science and academia and the people who work in it. We will discuss why anyone would be mad enough to want to pursue an academic career. Okay, that sounds a bit pessimistic. The thing is, both Jeroen and I are leaving academia around the time of this recording. We are now both working in non-traditional but research-related positions in the Netherlands. And we have a lot to say about why we made this choice and why other people may disagree with it. Yeah, so let's jump in and let me introduce myself a little. I spent almost 10 years as an academic and mostly had a really good time. I got my PhD in cognitive neuroscience at Radboud University in the Netherlands, studying how our brains make decisions that affect other people, like things like altruism and fairness and guilt. Uh, and then I went for a, a postdoc in the United States, studying the neuroscience of political polarization. You know, Jeroen, when you talk about your research, I experienced this, what I think is a very typical feeling for a scientist. Uh -huh. Do you know that Lord song, Royals? Yeah. So she sings about something called postcode envy. Uh -huh. um, and I kind of have postcode envy for your field of research. Really? Yeah. I I would love to study something like political polarization, which especially right now feels so relevant. Uh, it feels like the research field where all the cool kids are hanging out. So yeah, wh why did you leave, Jeroen? Didn't you have the perfect gig? I think that's a fair question. I, I think I just came to see over time that the, the questions I'm really interested in, so these questions about society and about the social world and how people function, are best dealt with in a more applied way or even out there in the real world, you know? I no longer really think that reducing the social phenomena into their neurological nuts and bolts will really help make an impact on them. Yeah. Um, and so, it be, yeah, it started to feel like the payoff of the work wasn't enough to justify the long hours and the insecurity of the jobs and the many years needed to finish even a single project. Um, and of course, the systemic flaws of academia too that we'll get to talk about later. Mm -hmm. So for lack of a better word, I'm looking for something a bit more real. Uh, and so I'm happy that in a few weeks, I'll be starting as a, a researcher in public mental health at the Trimbos Institute here in the Netherlands. So maybe in the next episode, I can go into a bit more detail there. But how about you, Lika? What's your deal? Uh, that's so cool, Jeroen. Uh, a few weeks ago, I didn't quite know yet what you, what you were going to be doing uh, yeah, me in, your, <laughs> in your non-academic life. So now to, right. to hear that you actually scored a position at the Trimbos Institute, really nice to hear. Congratulations. Thanks. That's exciting. Yeah. So what's my deal? Yeah. Um, I was a cognitive neuroscientist like you as well. Uh, I studied how people learn from rewards and punishments and make decisions based on those. So far, my academic path uh, brought me from London to Stockholm, where I did my PhD, then Japan and Berlin. And since two weeks, I've 
been living back in the Netherlands, where I'm from originally, where I'm working as a community manager at a place called the E-Science Center. What's the E-Science Center? The E-Science Center is a place where people who develop software work together with researchers at Dutch universities and research institutes, cool. helping them develop their digital tools, basically. And mm -hmm. at the same time, we train researchers to become better at using those digital tools. Nice. So yeah, that's where I'm going after a good many years in academia. And I didn't just decide to quit academia because I had too much postcode envy for other research fields. Yeah, I was going to say, you actually covered a lot of uh, postcodes. So why did you decide to leave this traditional academic path? I mean, as you probably know from your own experience, there are a few reasons why I'm leaving the traditional academic path. But before we go into those, maybe we should actually explain what we mean by that. Right. Yeah. So when we talk about academia or the traditional academic path, we're really talking about a university career where you go from being a PhD student to a postdoc to an assistant professor or associate professor, perhaps. Uh, and then finally, the goal is to become a professor with tenure, meaning a permanent position at the university. Uh, and of course, there's many ways of being involved in science or academia that do not involve any of this. Exactly. And a lot of what you mentioned before as reasons for leaving academia for you. So, for example, very long hours, having to do very hard work, dealing with the uncertainty of not knowing what your career will be like. They're very much a part of academia. These tenure track positions that you talked about, they're scarce. And researchers are largely promoted based on the number and impact of the papers that they publish, which means that they need to produce publications and keep up collaborations basically all the time. And that often led to us and to them constantly working. To me, I think I lost the joy in my own research a little bit too much to be wanting to keep that up. Besides, uh, what you said about studying big questions also really resonates with me. I don't think I was studying necessarily any big questions anyway, but it seemed to me that the small questions I was studying were not that consequential in the end. Which doesn't have to be a problem, of course, right? There are many researchers who spend years and years studying only a tiny portion of the world that may, may never be of any consequence to anyone, but that could be that one crucial puzzle piece in answering an important scientific riddle, uh, or that just remains inexhaustibly fascinating to them. Absolutely. But to make that work, you really have to love what you study. And for me, the passion for my subject after so many years had just faded. Mm -hmm. The thrill is gone. Yeah, the thrill is gone a little bit. And another reason actually to change careers for me was the feeling that the system of academia, it doesn't ins necessarily inspire good scientific practice because researchers are under so much pressure to produce impactful publications. The system encourages them to engage in a lot of wishful thinking or maybe flexible thinking. And they do this so they can push through publications or statistical analyses that may not be as solid as we need them to be in the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when I saw that certain questionable things were happening in really all fields of science, not just my own, yeah. I felt inspired to try and change some aspect of the system rather than to keep working under its restraints. And that's actually what my new job is about. Um, I still worked in academia for nearly eight years, though. 
and leaving feels also scary as I'm I'm basically starting over professionally. Yeah, it's it feels like a big step and I think that that makes your decision interesting too. Cuz you and I have both run experiments in the lab where we have participants come in and you know, take like 200 decisions in under an hour. Yeah, uh, loading so in the scanner. Data. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but for these decisions, these career changes, it feels like the decision really slowly evolves over the course of several years. Yeah. Um, and uh, and that's in part because there's many things that I like about university research, right? The challenge, the interesting ideas, the traveling, the many cool people that work in the departments that I've been a part of. Yeah, exactly. I completely agree with you. Academia is a very comfortable place with a lot of interesting and fun people in it like you and i <laughs> we <laughs> right. actually um, met at a summer school in california a few years ago yep and i think it's fair to say that we met a lot of cool and interesting people that way for sure yeah and so with this podcast we want to tell stories about these people each episode will touch upon an aspect of the academic world that both lika and i have dealt with fought with are frustrated with or with an aspect that we love that made us consider staying, that led to the both of us staying for as long as we did. We'll talk about money, time, politics, job security, sexism, racism, ethics, integrity, freedom, and more, but all in the context of science and academia, and hopefully while keeping it kind of fun. Um, and so we'll interview people who have lived through the good and the bad of academia in its different forms, and those who are actively working on improving the system. We'll also talk to people who work in science but outside of academia mm -hmm. and we'll see what they have to say for themselves have they sold their souls and how far of the ivory tower do people actually end up hence the name minor revision which represents the fact that an academic career change often seems like a huge undertaking but ends up being more of a fine-tuning the title of course also refers to the common phrase in the academic peer review process Just as with leaving academia, getting a minor revision review implies that you're not quite there yet. Work needs to be done. So if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're considering the same change that we just made, stay tuned. For this first episode, we will share our three best tips for people who are thinking about whether or not to keep pursuing an academic career. And these are things that work for us and so they might work for you too. Here comes the commercial, if we had any listeners. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Insert commercial. Listen to this message <laughs> from our sponsors. Yes, exactly. Yeah. In the future, there will be a message from our sponsors here. But for now, we can just move on. Okay, tip one. Talk about it with everybody. Over the past year or so, I've spoken to at least 30 people who have made the jump from academia into other fields like business and politics and clinical psychological practice and research institutes and stuff. Uh, and that helped me a lot to understand what the options are and how one can go about charting a new career path, which is really, you know, seems very unclear if you're still within the university system. And that's also why talking to others can be a huge hurdle because leaving academia, quote unquote, is still a huge taboo. I remember, for example, when I arrived at my postdoc institution uh, and one of the grad students who was there was graduating, told everybody he was applying for jobs at uh, liberal arts colleges, so more teaching heavy positions. And although, like, if you think about it, it's a tiny step, right? Going from a research-heavy department to a teaching school, it's a relatively small step, but it felt like this huge confession that he was making about himself. <laughs> I can imagine that that is a huge confession within some 
academic circles. But from mm -hmm. outside, if you're not in academia, you're probably wondering, so there's a separation? Like, is that actually a different thing? Yeah, right, right. They're yeah. all colleges in, yeah. in the end. Yeah, and of course, teaching is super important too, right? Like, we've, we've, we've been talking about this, that we both ended up in academia in part because of the people who inspired us by teaching really well. Exactly. Without teachers, we, we wouldn't be anywhere. So it's very important that some part of the academics at least forward the knowledge that they generate and, and, mm -hmm. and educate yeah. the next generation of scientists. Tip two, don't burn your bridges. This is kind of a strategic one. Because at first, when you're thinking about leaving academia, you might feel like you just want to run away and run away as far as you can get. But in the end, you may actually realize that there are a few things about research or teaching, for that matter, that you love and that you can make space for in a new and non-traditional position. So both Jeroen and I, as we talked about before, we're actually moving into fields that are closely related to academia, even if we are no longer shooting for the tenure track job. So keep your feelers out, even within the academic world. For sure. And then there might be, you know, helping hands where you didn't really expect them. Exactly. Tip three is experiment, which, you know, may sound appealing to the scientists in the audience. Yeah, for sure. Um, th this is actually the main piece of advice from Herminia Ibarra, a business school professor who wrote the book Working Identity, which I can really recommend. Uh, that, that book is about career change, and her main tip is to experiment. Since it's impossible to know what other jobs are like until you try them, a huge part of career change is running those little experiments with yourself. For example, talking to other people in other fields, that's part of that. Like, how do you feel when you try to speak their language? Would you like to work with them on the problems that they enjoy? But there's more, too. You can, for example, shadow professionals for a day or two, uh, sign up for business courses at companies, or even apply for a summer internship somewhere. Overcoming your shyness in that regard is really the name of the game. I think that's such a good tip. And I also think it really helps in trying to look at which aspects of academia that you seem to dislike are actually different in a different context. You know, it might be that you feel you're working way too many hours and then you switch to a different kind of setting and you realize, oh, they actually work even more here. Or, right. um, you know, or the opposite, of course. I mean, it's really, I think it's a very good idea to try and really experience other things from the inside before you make the big decision. For sure, yeah. Yeah, so um, we hope these tips that we just gave you will help any listeners out there to begin their journey towards a more fulfilling career, uh, be it within academia or outside of it. Stay tuned if you want to learn more and join us next time on Minor Revision. If you like what you've heard and you'd like to keep on listening, subscribe to this wherever you're listening to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at minor underscore revision and tweet any suggestions you might have if you want to get in touch with us via email we're at minor revision podcast at gmail.com we're open to stories from people in and outside of academia and so we'd love to hear from you <laughs>